Welcome to episode 21 of What Do You Want to Watch? And we're shifting a little bit this week. We haven't talked about sports since really the NBA Finals, but we're going to give you a little sports conversation. We're going to talk about college football realignment. Wild things have been happening with the conferences in the state of college football. So we're going to break that down and talk about how the products change and what we think is happening for the future. So stick around. All right, so just to give everybody a kind of brief overview of all the recent stuff that has happened, it's been about a a little over a week or so since UCLA and USC were announced that they were going to be moving to the Big Ten from the Pac-12 in 2024. And of course, we had earlier, which at the right at the end of the season, Texas and Oklahoma announced their plan to move to the SEC, which could happen in 2024 or 2025. And the Big 12 scrambling to replace members has added BYU, Central Florida, Houston, and Cincinnati. The Big 12 will likely have 14 teams this next season. Um, Even though the Big 12 have been operating with 10, the Big 10 was operating with 14, will now have 16. (laughs) Stop naming your conferences with the numbers. It's just Yeah, get out of here with that. (laughs) It's just absolutely ridiculous. So all this, this, this stuff and all this has gotten pretty much everybody talking about, is this the death? of college football as we know it. I wrote this question down later on, but David, I want to ask you first, why are we only focusing on football and not basketball or any of the other college sports? It feels like the only conversations are about college football specifically. I think the this is I feel like this is the only college sport where there isn't like parity. There isn't, I don't know, a transfer of power, so to speak of like, teams winning I feel like in in basketball how crazy that is like anybody could win that year and college baseball and college softball but I feel like with football it's the only one where it's like dude if you're not in the right conference and if you don't have the right amount of money you're just not going to win it period Mm -hmm. and I think people are starting to realize that and that's why we're seeing honestly since actually maybe Texas Oklahoma was panic as well but people are kind of panicking and like just bolting for these bigger conferences now the big three you know as it might turn into yeah and and famously um well kind of infamously now after texas and oklahoma announced the move there was this whole conversation between like the big 10 the pac-12 and the acc and they formed like this sort of partnership saying that they weren't going to poach members and we're going to try to stay competitive to stop the kind of dominance of the sec getting these historic programs apparently the big 10 was never planning on actually they never signed of course a document or anything they all just like made a joint statement and said they were going to respect each other and then you know the big 10 sees the chance to add two pretty historic programs i wouldn't say ucla is historic football wise but basketball wise ucla is you know one of the four best basketball programs in history um and the Big Ten saw that chance, and UCLA and USC wanted more money, and they knew they were going to get it in the Big Ten, and there you have it. Um, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I think this what's kind of hurts the Pac-12 is really besides maybe Oregon, the UCLA and USC kind of all around was bringing in a lot of their money. USC specifically was bringing in a yeah. chunky chunk of change for the Pac-12. And I really think the Pac-12 is struggling right now unless they pull, unless they post the ACC. I don't know how long we're going to see the Pac-12 around because right. I've, I've seen multiple reports that the 
own, the owner of the Oregon Ducks is making phone calls. Whatever that means, that has to mean he's not wanting to be in the Pac-12 anymore. You know? Yeah. Um, so the AD, so, you said owner, but AD that you can't own oh, college. Well, you can if true. it's private college, but sure. but yeah, yeah. And first of all, it's not really. I mean, we're getting to some weird geography stuff. We already have yeah. Missouri. Mizzou is in the East Division of the Southeastern Conference, and Missouri is one of I think it's the westernmost school in that conference. I think it's a little bit further west than Texas A&M is. Um, so we're already getting some weird stuff. But as you mentioned, the Pac-12, yeah, could try to poach ACC teams. But first of all, their new commissioner, the the most recent commissioner of the Pac-12, is not well liked at all. He Larry Scott has pretty much taken over and been universally panned for almost everything that he's been doing since he took over. And so that's going to be hard. And also, you know, ACC, all those teams are on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. That's cross country if you're trying to do that, which for, for football, yeah, no problem. One game a week. Mm-hmm. But yeah. basketball, for baseball, for softball, for any of those other sports that you're in, if you move that many sports over, I'm sorry, that's not happening. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not going to have the funding to do that. So I... Yeah, I and the ACC is worried about, you know, there's talks of the bigger teams in the ACC jumping ship. You know, Clemson could, they've been rumored to want to go to the SEC or something. Yeah. Florida State has been rumored to want to leave as well. You know, and I, it's easy to dismiss all that as crazy talk, but when we see everything that's happened, is it? Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah I saw Florida State, Miami, and uh, Clemson was possibly joining the SEC. Now, who knows what that comes to, but you just said that. Like, yeah, it's crazy. But, well, so is what's actually happening. So, you know, I don't think this is that far above it. Um, you know, I was we, – we can – let's talk about the Big 12 because, like, right, Texas, Oklahoma leaving that – initially we're like, that's going to hurt the Big 12. Like, are they going to almost dissolve? But do you think with them replacing it with four teams there, like – Obviously, it's not Oklahoma, Texas level, but do you think they'll be okay with those additions? I mean, if you're asking me if I think the Big 12 is going to dissolve anytime soon, I would say probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, they were almost lucky in the way that they found out because, first of all, they have a set time where they know that they're not going to leave for 2024, 2025, but they found out right at the end of the season and were able to make some they added BYU, Central Florida, Houston, and Cincinnati pretty rapidly. Uh, I think they were already considering adding expansion teams because the Big 12 has been down to 10 teams for a while, 10 schools. Yeah. But I, I don't – I mean, they're not going to be on the same level. And mm-hmm. But have they, have they been in a while? Let's just talk about football here. It is – no other conference besides the Big 10 and SEC has really been that impactful – as a conference. Now, obviously you'll have an Oklahoma team come out. You will have, you know, a Clemson as well, but there's never conversations about two big 12 teams, two ACC teams, two PAC 12 teams getting into the playoff. But every year we're having the conversation about two big 10 teams getting into the playoff. So I'm not sure what's going on. David, what is that clicking sound? Oh, it's just something messing with can you hear that slap yeah i can hear it you smack ADHD. adhd helps me focus um yeah well, and you mentioned that like besides clemson oklahoma 
if you, I'm not even gonna mention Notre Dame. No other, no other te- team outside of the Big Twelve, Big Ten, and SEC has. I'm not even sure touched the college football playoff. Oregon has. Yeah, besides Clemson. Yeah, Clemson like, is the only besi- one that stuff. But yeah, it's oh, SEC and that's Big been Ten. so long. Right. Yeah. The college football landscape has been dominated by these two conferences for so long, and really one. You know, Big Ten was helped this year by the resurgence of Michigan, but it's been the SEC. Um, yeah. And I'm. Uh, David is not the same way. I don't give a crap about which conference is better ever. I'm never going to root for a conference. I really don't care. I don't think it's wrong if you do. I know a lot of people that are Big Ten fans or SEC fans and will root for that. But I think you just look at it objectively. The SEC has been dominating football. And to add two blue blood programs to that, that's just probably going to continue. The Big Ten saw that and... Yes, at first we're probably like, yeah, we're going to work with all these other conferences to make sure that, you know, we we can keep all of our people and we're not poaching each other. But in the back of their minds, they had to have been thinking, we got to do something. We Mm -hmm. have to make a move here. We need to get big teams. Uh, So, and that's what they did. My question is, and what a lot of people are talking about is, is this killing the sport? Do you see this as the fall of college football, that it will no longer be as fun as it used to be because of all this moving around and we're losing rivalries and stuff like that? Um, I think first I'll say, like, people are still going to be diehard fans for their college and people are still going to go crazy and probably too crazy for their college but i do think it is the death of rivalries i I think now we're you know like missouri kansas for example is fortunate that's getting renewed they're right next to each other but it Um, took a long time it did so i think for this the next 10 years i think it's dead but i think it's going to take that long for either something like missouri kansas to happen where it gets renewed or you have new rivalry start you have uh ohio state and usc becomes an intense rivalry after being in the conference that long, you know? So I think right now, yes. And I think it may just take, you know, close to a decade, honestly, for either new ones to start or the old ones to be renewed because yeah, right now it's, everything's just getting shaken up. Yeah. We're losing a lot of, and we already have lost a lot of those classic rivalries, um, which I think it was smart by Texas and Oklahoma to move together. Uh, because that's a rivalry that will still likely be able to continue. I'm assuming they'll be able to play each other every year. I don't know what the realignment for the divisions is going to be, if they're going to put both Texas and Oklahoma in the same division, if they're going to sparse them out. Quite honestly, they need to reshuffle them anyway, because in football, with the exception of the first couple of years, uh, the East has been dominated by Georgia pretty regularly, and the West has had a much tougher slate generally. So... Mm -hmm. They're probably going to have to shuffle that around in the SEC. But, yeah, I think it's going to be the death of some rivalries. And that's, quite honestly, that's what makes college sports more fun. Yeah. Because NFL, if we're just talking football, NFL rivalries, like, they can be fun sometimes. But they rarely, if ever, I feel like, build up or live up to the hype if it's team-to-team things. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, everybody talks about the Bears-Packers rivalry, but – are you, are we really like thinking now about like every time the Bears Packers play? No, because the Packers have dominated for the last, what, 30 years, that mm-hmm. rivalry. So we don't care. And I, I think that college football, it, it's just the nature of college sports, the 
the fans are so much more involved because it's a bunch of crazy 18 to 22 year olds that are paying thousands of dollars to be there. Yeah. But yeah rivalries mean more because all year they talk about hating one team and yeah. that, you know, especially for these smaller programs, I, I, I can speak for myself as a Mizzou fan, you know, if we had a, if we had a bad season in football, you know, that happens and it sucks and we'd be mad. But if we beat Kansas, if we walloped Kansas, especially, then it's all yeah. good. You know, you're yeah. going back. And I'm sure that like Michigan and Ohio State fans are the same way. Like, you know, all I want to do is beat those those teams. And I think we're moving to a way where that some of those rivalries will stay intact. But a lot of them, a lot of them are going to disappear and it's going to hurt. Yeah. Yeah. When you mentioned the NFL, like now I, it may not be true for me because I feel like I watch just about every NFL game, but you don't have like me bite of the nails to tune into the Packers Bears game next Sunday night. But when North Carolina and Duke and basketball play, I'm watching it. When Auburn and Georgia at football play, I'm watching it. When Michigan, Ohio State play football, I'm watching it. So you're right. I do think college rivalries are a lot more um, just the atmosphere is a lot more intense and uh, exciting. Uh, and for that reason, right, Sunday Sunday at noon, you, the whole family's there. But, like, a Saturday night, you know, uh, at Alabama, like, those are just a bunch of intoxicated 18 to 25-year-olds who would want to see their team win, you know. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think you're right. And they're honestly, there, there are rare cases because, right, you're going to have possibly a Texas-Texas A&M rivalry that's going to be renewed because they're going to the SEC. And mm-hmm. I, I've even seen – people talking and already starting to talk trash, you know, to each other in those two teams because yeah, they're like bet surely they're going to schedule us and I'm excited to play you again. But overall, yeah, that most teams are not fortunate. Uh, and I think, yeah, you're going to have, I'm trying to even think of USC and UCLA's like big time rivalries. Like is, is UCLA like Washington state? Where well, they won't be I able think to play they, anymore, they're, you know? first of all, they're each other. I mean, they're in the same, they're in the same yeah. region. So it's each other, but you think of uh, UCLA and USC, it, it probably would be something like Stanford and Oregon. Um, mm-hmm. But that's another aspect of, of not even just a rivalry, but another thing you're going to miss is just like those late night Pac-12 games that are kind of wild. Because what's going to happen to the Pac-12 TV deal? You know, when they have to renegotiate their TV deal, I bet they're not going to get a favorable one. ESPN's already trying to get out of the current one right now because mm-hmm. they – they don't want to have to pay it because, you know, the two top dogs are not going to be there. Um, yeah. So so what's going to happen? Is that going to be relegated to a second class conference? And then are you going to miss, you know, one of the one of the most fun things about college football is that like sometimes if you're up and on a Saturday at like 11 o'clock, you'll just get an ESPN alert. That's like, yeah, Washington State in Oregon is tied 45, 45 going into the fourth quarter. And you're like, yeah, all right. Well, I'm, I'm turning, turning that, that on. on. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh-huh. I wonder if that's if that's going to diminish it or if you're going to have to have like ESPN plus now to get those games or something like that. But at, going back to the rivalry thing, you know, a big one we're already going to miss is the Oklahoma, Oklahoma State rivalry. Mm. Those those games are really fun to watch. And those are games that are fun to watch, even if you're not a fan of those teams. Rivalry yep. games are always more fun because the nature of college football, I think, is we talk a lot about how great it is. But outside of rivalries, the top 25 matchups are sometimes really rare because a lot of schools are not scheduling great out-large opponents. Mm. So 
you know, there could be a Sunday where there's, or excuse me, a Saturday where there's one or two top 25 matchups happening. But even you got like oh, Alabama, Mississippi State, which normally wouldn't be, you know, even Mississippi State, let's say, is three and four at that point, And Alabama is undefeated. But there, Mississippi State has had Alabama's number in the past. So you're going to tune in because that's a cool rivalry game. Yeah. And and that's kind of the nature of college sports. So you, the more you take away rivalries, I think the more you're hurting the product. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, we're going to see, though, because, I mean, as we've seen with just about everything, like, out, just despite everything else, despite all of this, like money, money means the most and money has the biggest impact. And so we're going to see. I don't know. I um. Again, something that's kind of crazy that is has been thrown around is like, well, SEC like have this their own, you know, tired of the NCAA make their own season and have their own champion. But now that stuff like this is happening, that seems a little less crazy, you know. Or even mm-hmm. that the Big Big Ten and SEC play each other for a championship, kind of. I don't know, dude. I don't know. It's crazy. It's it's unraveling before us. <laughs> Right, and this could have crazy implications not only on that but on the playoff, because let's let's say we get to a scenario where there's not really Power Five anymore, which it is now. I I, I don't it's know. It's four. probably not. It's probably a Power Four at this point. Could could turn into a Power Three very soon. You know, the the Big Ten and SEC could just decide to play their own playoff because they have the best schools, and then they could use that to leverage other schools to join their conferences. You know, because you, you you want to be considered the true champion of college football? You want to play in our playoff? Well, you have to join. And that, I, I saw Ryan Rosillo make this argument on his podcast. That could be a way that they lure, you know, Notre Dame, who is not willing to be a part of a conference, into, into a conference. Because they could say, look, that's great. You love your independent status. You get to play whoever you want. That's fine. You're not playing in our playoff unless you join one of us. Yeah. So yep. that, that's what you have to do. Uh, and... You know, the, the logical fit has always been for for Notre Dame to join the Big Ten. I mean, you know, they're already in that region. They have rivalries with some of the schools, especially now one of the most historic rivalries in college football, oddly enough, is USC-Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. And that would be another enticing factor. But I, I just I, – and this has been pointed out a lot, but it's going to feel so weird to be watching like a Big Ten game and you turn on the Big Ten, and it's going to be UCLA playing Rutgers at 11 o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. in New Jersey. Like nobody's excited for that. There's that's no, there's be. no way that that's gonna it, it, that moves the needle at all. You know? Yeah. yeah so I don't. Is this going to affect your viewing habits? I don't think so. As of now, it doesn't seem like it will because I still love football and I love watching it. Um, but yeah, no, I am curious because like I can't remember who I saw this on Twitter, but he's like, let's imagine this, you know, this begins to happen and SEC and Big Ten, you know, add more teams. But there's so many teams that they need to make uh, conf- divisions within those two conferences and each conference makes four divisions and then he eventually gets to the point like it's just the NFL, you know, and he obviously wasn't, mm-hmm. he wasn't for this. He was like, this is ruining the sport is what he said, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, at this point, it doesn't seem like that may happen, but we don't know. Like, I don't know what this, what's going to come of this, what's going to happen. So 
you know, it may, it may at least not be the same. You know, we might in 30, 40 years look back and be like, man, remember when it was like that? And mm-hmm. hopefully, you know, it'd be unfortunate. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. And honestly, I, I don't think the ACC needs to freak out. I honestly think they have a pretty good conference, especially between the multiple sports they have going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think the ACC is doing okay, especially if you have like the North Carolinas, uh, Virginia Tech, Wake Forest, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, couple of those teams, Wake Forest especially, like last year, like if some of these teams can start building programs, like the ACC doesn't have to move around because they got some pretty good teams in there. So, yeah, we'll see. I don't and know. they're relying – you know, if they ever get the resurgence of Florida State and Miami, you know, that's those are USC, Texas-type programs, you know, ones that mm-hmm. have been historically great. But in the past couple of, of decades, really, I guess not in USC's – in Texas's case, but in the past five years – have put up pretty subpar teams to the point of like Florida State's in shambles right now. But if they can turn that around, that's one of the most historic programs in the country. Yep. So that can help. My question, and and I think that we both agree that this isn't necessarily good for the sport. However, my thing is, and this this folds into NIL, which we're going to touch on. Does this sport deserve to be saved? Does the current model of college football, yes, with all of its fun different styles between the conferences and like, you know, Big Ten is slow it down, grind the clock football and SEC is just the most athletic freaks you can find and Big 12 is shootout football and Pac-12 is West Coast and, you know, you have all that stuff. But Mm -hmm. does does the model of the sport deserve to be saved? I would argue no. And and here's why. Mm -hmm. Um, the model of the NCAA is predicated on taking advantage of college athletes. Now, I don't, I think NIL is a step in the right direction. I don't think you can find a system to pay all these athletes, but these were giant million billion dollar money-making corporations. The NCAA is a money-making corporation and college athletics is that. If, If you think it's anything other than that, if you think that college athletics Especially now, I'm not talking Division Two or Division Three, but Division One, FBS football. If you think that's anything other than something the schools use to make money, you're kidding yourself. Like, mm-hmm. the, quite simply, that's just how it works. So, it, and now a lot of people are saying NIL is affecting this. That you know, players are only going to want to go to the top schools where they can make the most money. But isn't that good? Shouldn't we be for the players only wanting to go places that can benefit them? Like, yeah, it may make the sport worse, but that's better for the kids, right? Yeah. I see what you're saying. Because at first I was like, what do you mean, like, should it be saved? Like, what was the alternative to that? But I see now what you're saying. First of all, right now I think the complaint is, right, we have the same teams in the playoff every year. Right? Mm -hmm. The way the system is set up, it only is benefiting Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, Oklahoma. um, And – my only concern with like where NIL is heading is like this won't create parity. It'll actually create more division. You will have now more like top SEC and Big Ten schools getting in, whereas like Memphis or Rutgers or South Carolina, they simply just can't pay what Alabama and USC are paying. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think, and I think 
the person can't, one person can't be arguing for par- more parity and also NIL, I feel like, because with NIL, we're seeing, I mean, Mary, Maryland, a former receiver at Maryland who won receiver of the year, he like blatantly fit, flat out said, like, I'll go wherever I get the most money. And that was USC, you know? And like, I don't know, dude. Like, I, it's, but, it's a tough situation because I want, like, he's the receiver of the year. Like, he deserves to be, been, like, there's deserve to be benefits for what his, his play and what he's done and what he's succeeded and where he's came from and how he's worked. But also, I'm like, you know, he's choosing simply for the money, not for the coach or the team or the, mm-hmm. the city around him. It was like, I'm just going to go where there's money, you know? Because mm-hmm. to me, then I get into the point of, like, he chose this team and coach because he loves this team and coach, right? And there's that relationship and a healthy, like, I love being here because I chose that this team for this reason but now i just i'm worried we're gonna get i'm here for the money but i hate the coach and this and that you know what i mean i don't know and again more like bama's just gonna win usc clemson's gonna win because they're paying always been the case though give me give me a recent example of a you know a title winner that wasn't a just historic program one of the blue bloods of the sport no, I know, but what I'm saying is I feel like a majority of people are fighting for parity now. Like, we need to expand the playoff. We need to do this so that more teams have a chance. But now those same people are saying, pay the players. And I'm saying, well, you're not going to get more parity if you want to pay these players because they're going to continue to go to these big boy teams. You know. Well, but the argument for that would be if they expand the playoff. So, so I see what you're saying is that obviously these bigger schools are going to be able to pay more. However, if the player really truly cares about going to the college football playoff, they, if they expand it, they would know they have more than four options. You know, they, they, they know they would have more than if there's an at large bid, you know, or at this point, cause they're joining a conference, they would know that if they join a Cincinnati that just made the playoff, which was great for them, even though they didn't win, they would know that they have a chance to play in that. If, if you expand the playoff and those schools would generate more money that way. So they could pay players, now, first of all, the schools aren't directly paying them, but obviously, you know, we know that it's a lot about donors and boosters and, mm-hmm. you know, the bigger schools have better donors and boosters. However, we know, we know that they were paying them the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like we know, especially oh, yeah. that the bigger schools had bag men that were paying players the whole time. So now it's just upfront. And I would also argue, and again, I saw Ryan Rosillo make this point, the crazy figures and numbers that are being reported for five stars and quarterbacks and stuff, like Arch Manning, for example, of what he could possibly make, that's not the norm. You know, the five-star offensive tackle is still not going to make that. Like, they're, they are still not going to be, you know, multimillionaires coming out of NIL in college, probably. So I, I, I don't I, I can see your point and I think it will reduce parity. I would argue, first of all, that college football has never really been about parity. Um, I mean, the BCS model was not about parity at all. It was about rewarding the top two teams. That's why we have bowl games. You know, that's why college football makes so much money off of bowl games, because that's where the parity comes from. Kind of every fan base wants to see their team in a bowl game. And all you got to do is be over 500 now to get one. Um which is an issue as well. <laughs> which, yeah, which also means you get some pretty crappy bowl games. And I can think of a lot of, you know, Mizzou teams that didn't deserve to be in a bowl game that played in one. Um, but I, I would argue that the sport's never been about parity, but that 
you know, at least the some of the people making money now are the ones that deserve it, you know, and it's mm -hmm. easier for them to do that. Because in the past, yes, you would have some payers, some players getting paid, but you know, now, uh, now, you know, a wide receiver who may not have been highly sought out, you know, can make a big impact his freshman year and can sign an endorsement deal with a local grocery store. And that doesn't seem like a big deal to a lot of people, but a lot of these guys are, you know, any money they can send back to their family is great. A, mm -hmm. a, a full ride scholarship is worth a lot, but it doesn't help you feed the people you care about. Not immediately. So I mm -hmm. think that's good. And that's why I would argue that, yes, the NIL is probably putting us in this situation, but I think it has to. We had to progress. We couldn't keep playing under the current model of, you know, these conferences are signing billion dollar TV contracts and there's players whose families can't afford to keep the lights on. Mm. You know, I think that yeah. that's, that's something we got to do. And uh, I know we, we already hit on this, but basketball is going to be fine because yes, conference play matters, but basketball is about the tournament and the tournament, it yeah. does not matter. And it's also way easier to schedule out of conference stuff. And there's the big 10 SEC challenge and the, Mm -hmm. you know, ACC big 12 and everything. There's a lot of stuff where they can play out of conference. So I don't think we'll lose that as much. It's way easier to schedule your rivalry in basketball than it is, but football, you know, if you got 14 teams, 15 teams, 16 teams in a conference, you got to play seven or eight conference games. You maybe have two other games where you can play at larges. And mm -hmm. I'm sorry, one of those is going to go to DeVry university or something yeah. like that. You know, they're not going to choose to play two tough non-con games. Mm-hmm. So here's the last question I want to ask, because you brought up the playoff, and I think this is a good question. Um, and I forgot to write this down. But do you think this will change how they evaluate the playoff? Because now, for example, two lost teams were almost always out. You know, there were rare cases where they were in if the only losses were to other undefeated teams. But two lost teams were almost always now. But now, you know, a one, let's say a one-loss Oregon team has been dominating the Pac-12 all year. But they come up, there's also a three-loss Oklahoma team that's been playing in the SEC that's three losses are only to top 10 schools. How are they, that's going to make this more difficult for the committee, right? I think they're going to lean SEC. I think they already have shown that, like a two-loss Bama team not getting in the, uh, not winning the national, uh, SEC championship, getting in over that Ohio State team a couple years ago. Like, I think they've already shown signs of that. And, yeah, especially with Texas, Oklahoma going to the SEC and USC and UCLA, I think absolutely they're going to say two or three losses, oh, to Bama, Georgia, and Texas, or, you know, one loss to Utah. Yeah, mm -hmm. give it to – like, absolutely give it to the SEC, you know. Um, so – and while people are going to say that's not fair, that's just how it is. That's just what's going what's gonna to happen. Um, right. You know, You're going to have – you're going to have favor for these conferences with bigger yeah. these bigger schools, more teams. That's how it's always been, but that's that problem is going to going to get worse now. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, and points on the NIL stuff. Like it's tough cuz we see like the Bryce Young with the 370k and the Rolls-Royce and CJ Stroud with the uh, G-Wagon stuff like that. But like yeah, there are like three-star receivers starting on Wake Forest who can now sign a deal with Puma or, you know, something like simple, like, and, mm -hmm. and they, and that it's not just out of this world and they can like help people and stuff like that. But yeah, we'll have right. to see. I think, 
I think up front it's going to be an issue, kind of like I'm talking about, but I think it's going to take a couple years for the, the balls, the wheels to get spinning on this. And I think we're going to start to see – I mean, of course, if they don't expand the playoff, we may not see much. But surely, right? Surely they're yeah. going to expand the playoff. I think, I think that's the logical step. I mean, they've been really resistant to it, but now I, I just, I don't know. The playoff has not been great the past couple of years. There's not, we have not had good playoff games. Um, and the argument say, that, yeah. that like one and two and three and four, there deserves to be four teams. Like what we've seen, there's two teams normally that are just far, far better yeah. than the other two teams in the playoff. So I don't know why you wouldn't argue. I, I, I mean, you could say that that's an argument to go back to the BCS model, but they're not going to do that. They're not going to cut the amount of games now because they still make mm-hmm. a bunch of money on the playoff games. So that could be an argument to, you know, a- increase it. You could say, well, you know, three and four don't have a chance. Yeah, well, but maybe we'll get a great game out of, you know, six and three and four and five playing each other if we expand it to eight teams instead of the four teams now and that would be better for everyone so yeah well even i think last year was a good example georgia um well bama whooped cincinnati and georgia pretty well beat pretty easily beat michigan and those were even like those were good games and better games than we've experienced the last like four or five years and they were still kind of like still weren't yeah, so I mean, now the national championship was and usually is was very entertaining, especially this last one. That mm-hmm. kind of that like seventy yard pick six to seal it, like that that was insane. But yeah, it's like. But it's also, like as as a guy like me, what? Go no. ahead. I was gonna say no, like as, go for, ahead. for us to okay, okay, okay. For us to like we love football, so it's like okay if they expand to eight or ten, yeah, we're gonna watch more playoff football, like. Cause we enjoy it, you know? Yeah. And I'm much more likely to watch, you know, a, a, the eight one matchup or the five four matchup in a college football playoff. than I am to watch some of those same teams play in some random bowl game, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, outside of, yes, I don't even watch all the new year's six games that much. I quite honestly, I don't give a crap about bowl games. I know there's people that do. That's great. But you know, you're not going to, that's like, I, I don't No other sport does consolation prizes. You know, mm-hmm. the college football yeah. does a lot of consolation prizes and no, nobody else really does that. And they have to do that because of the nature of having what 400 teams in the FBS or something insane mm-hmm. like that. So they have to do that. But you know, I'm not watching, I'm not watching all these bowl games. I don't know the casual fan is outside of their team, you know, but I think yeah. if you put those teams in a playoff, then we at least know that there's a possibility the winner of this game matters for who could the national champion could be. Yeah. Well, even if you have like, let's, let's take a team like Mizzou or Iowa, Nebraska right now in the current state, um, the three teams now, Iowa is probably at the top of that list. Mizzou second, Nebraska three, but those three teams are trying to rebuild to one kind of what they once were trying to get into that. And if you have a 10, 12 team playoff, you might, you know, at Mizzou, Nebraska, and Iowa's peak or start of that peak, they could hit that 12 or 10 spot and get into the playoff. Yeah, Iowa the, could have played this year if they had expanded it to 12 teams. Yeah. You know, and Iowa's that might be the, the push. That might be the push, like a team like that needs for recruiting for being known. Uh, exactly. Yeah, to build the program that they want to build. So. Exactly.
So, and it, we'll just have to see, are, are the people that are running these conferences interested in parity among their conferences, or do they just know that no matter what, you know, the money gets shared on down the line. If Alabama and Georgia are the, in the national championship game, the SEC knows, you know, Ole Miss, that, yeah, we're not in it, but all that money's getting passed down. Like oh, the better yeah. our conference, oh, that money's that money's getting passed down. So will they want parity, or will they be fine with? Well, as long as our conference is the one winning, we don't need to add these more teams. Like, we don't need to try to split revenues. I don't know. We'll yeah. see. You know, they're going to be uh, in favor yeah. of whatever is making them more money. That's always how college sports have run. Oh yeah, and that's how they will continue to run. They will be in favor. That's really of how any makes the most money. That's how anything that's how works anything nowadays. Works. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned something though. I think. Now, I don't know how exactly it's split up, how everything works. That might We might start to see pushback from conferences if, like, SEC wants to add two more. You might have some, you know, ADs that vote no because, like, well, we don't want our money split up even more. Like, you might start mm-hmm. seeing that if, if there's too many teams added. Um, mm-hmm. But then again, it's like Texas, Oklahoma, and Bama – probably this next year in football will make as much as like the entire Pac-12 will. Like, so they may, they may make enough money. It may not matter. Yeah. That's why, well, yeah, that's why they don't have qualms. That's why big, the big tens all for adding, you know, UCLA, USC, because they're, they're not mm -hmm. worried about the 16 teams revenue split being a problem because those are two money making programs. Yeah. You know, what I would be worried about is if I'm one of the, you know, if we don't move to the, the system where, you know, we're all in one big conference, you know, if I'm, if I'm at the bottom of the list in those conferences, if I'm the schools that just got added or don't really do much, you know, am I going to be on the short end of the stick sometimes? Are, are they going to mm-hmm. screw me over? Rutgers in Maryland in the big 10, like, you know, they, they added them not that long ago, or are they going to try to get rid of them? <laughs> you know, Cause they I, don't haven't know, done I don't know legally yeah. how that works, but like, you know, if, as they expand, as they try to build these super conferences, are a lot of them going to be pushed? Are a lot of the smaller teams, Mizzou could easily be on that list, be pushed to the wayside. Mm. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. So yeah. College football is not ever going to be the same after this. Um, and we'll see in 10 years if it's, if it's really killed the sport, like people are saying, or if, if it just evolves again and continues to grow, like it probably will, because if there's one thing that we know, it's that Americans love college football and the NFL. They don't yep. love spring football. They don't love the AAF as a whole. They don't love baseball. They don't love the NBA, but they do love college football and they do love the NFL. So Yeah, and that probably will never change. Right. Which I'm not upset because I'm one of those people. <laughs> so, yeah, and we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that about does it for our college football realignment talk. Episode 21 of What Do You Want to Watch? It's been fun. We'll talk to you later. Bye.